Hey, everybody. Nicole here from Hair of the Dog. And today's episode, I am chatting with my good friend, Tavia Redburn, all about content marketing. Now, I can hear you out there. Nicole, content marketing, you're talking about blogging? Please, blogging is dead. Okay. The RSS subscribe blogging feature, yes, that might not really be around anymore or hasn't been in about 10 years. But content marketing is always in style because it works, because it builds you as an authority to your potential clients. It connects you with other partners in your area. And it's just an incredible way to always be marketing your business without having to be salesy or always offering special offers. You're going to love this conversation. And if you do, and you want to go deeper into this content marketing and specifically learn how to use incredible artificial intelligence tools to help you create this content in just like an afternoon for, you know, 52 weeks of content. It can be really, really easy and fast. Uh, you're going to want to join Tavia for a very special training inside the Hair of the Dog Academy for our members only on January 26th. If you're not a member yet, just jump over to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash academy. And there you can join. And I hope you will join us for this incredible conversation that is going to be happening about how to utilize these tools on January 26th. But in the meantime, enjoy this incredible podcast episode with Tavia. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. If you're a pet photographer ready to make more money and start living a life by your design, you've come to the right place. And now your host, pet photographer, travel addict, chocolate martini connoisseur, Nicole Begley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hair of the Dog podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Begley. And today I have a very special guest with me. My good friend, Tavia Redburn, is here. And uh, Tavia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yay! I'm so excited to be here, too. So you don't photograph dogs. Your niche is actually 180 degrees different, but at the same time, very, very similar. So tell us about what you do in the photography world. Yeah, it is weirdly similar, but also very different. <laughs> I am a birth and baby photographer in Oklahoma City. And in a similar way to you, Nicole, training photographers how to photograph furry friends, I help people photograph one of the biggest days in a new family's life. And that is the day that their baby is born. And it's incredible. Yeah. There's a lot of variables just like with dogs, right? Like there are pets in general. There's, there's a lot of things about it that you can't control, but that also makes it like part of the fun of doing it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I have a confession that I photographed newborns for a hot minute when I left my full-time job and was making a go of this photography thing, I worked for one of those like national chains that photographs in the hospitals. And I, I think I even had, I don't know, maybe three to five private newborn clients until I quickly decided it's like, whoa, no, no, this is not for me. <laughs> but I'm so glad there's people out there like you that love it because there's just so many different niches. I think it's so funny just how all of us have these different specialties that we absolutely love, but you drop us over into this other genre and we're like, oh, this is very different. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And, and I was thinking that about you as well. Cause like I have, I love my dog, but I have no desire to photograph 
other people's pets. Like there's nothing about that. It appeals to me. And so it's so funny that like, we can all love photography and want to have successful photography businesses and have a passion for like these different niches. It's so cool. Yeah, it is for sure. And, um, now, you know, you guys, if you're here and you're like, man, what is, what am I going to learn from a baby and birth photographer? Because I don't want to photograph babies because hello, I like my furry dogs and I'm an introvert. No, thank you. You guys. Mm -hmm. Stick around because we are going to be talking about some incredible marketing things. So yeah, Tavia is a baby and birth photographer, but she's also a marketing genius. And we are going to be talking about all sorts of things that cross the niches or the niches um, (laughs) in ways that you can help market your photography better. So before we dive into that, Tavia, just tell us maybe a little bit about um, how long you've been in business and kind of what your business evolution looked like. Oh man. Okay. How far are we going back here? So, um, in 2008, I was, I had a brand new baby and I was one of the moms that you saw on the internet back then that was like taking over with the, with the DSLRs. Right. And it was like all the mom togs were like swarming in with their, with their digital cameras. And that was totally me. It was definitely like a male dominated industry before Mm -hmm. then. And then it was like all the mom togs came in and were, um, what, what some people might say, like ruining the industry with our like, uh, $50 sessions and giving all the digital files and all of that. That was me. And <laughs> and so it was around that time that I was like learning how to shoot manual. People were asking me to photograph everything, senior sessions and weddings and families and babies. And I was photographing all of it, trying to figure out if I wanted to make a go for of this photography thing. And it was in 2011, I was pregnant with my second son. I had been dabbling in photography, had kind of started a business in the way that I just described, like right? <laughs> not legitimately, but just kind of shooting around for a hundred bucks here and there. And I hired a birth photographer for my son's birth in 2011. And birth photography was not a thing. Like it's still yeah, that relatively was, unknown. Would be really new back then. Yeah. Pet it photography was, was still really new back in the early, the early tens. Yeah. The early tens. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, uh, I hired a birth photographer for my son's birth, very unknown, didn't know what to look for, just was like, okay, this person seems reasonably priced, like, we'll go with this. I ended up being in Libra for 36 hours. Oh my God. <laughs> and she didn't come <gasps> because I was in labor for so long. And it was very um, dramatic and traumatic because I didn't have the photos that I wanted. And as a photographer, I knew like what I had missed out on. I knew yeah. what was available that I didn't have. And you don't get a second chance, just like a wedding, right? You don't get a second right. chance to photograph somebody's birth. And it was then in my like dabbling photography business that I decided I want to photograph birth. And I had never photographed a birth, but I just thought I want to be somebody that families can rely on. Even though nobody knows anything about birth photography, similar to pet photography back then, right? It's like I was kind of pioneering my way into a brand new niche and wanted to be known as a birth photographer. So I photographed my very first birth in January of 2012. It was for my cousin. It was free. And I was immediately hooked on birth photography, like everything that had to do with it. And so I decided to specialize my business in birth photography so that people in my community would know me as like the go-to birth photographer. Gotcha. Awesome. 
So that's kind of the the evolution of my business. And then it was that um, decision to niche down that really helped me find my ideal client and stand out in a market of all of these moms that were doing session $50 for $100, giving all the digital files. And it was it was then that I started to realize I've got to charge more. I have to st- charge sustainable pricing and I have to figure out how to stand out among all these people that are doing it for really inexpensively because I'm not going to stand out based on price. I've got to figure out another way to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I did that by specializing in birth photography. That's awesome. And then you actually helped your husband leave his full-time job just on your photography income. This is before you started educating um, birth photographers, but just Mm -hmm. on your photography income in, what was that, 2018? 2018, yeah. Yeah. So in 2018, um, we were kind of forced into it. It was our um, goal, like day kind of a goal. And my husband was miserable in his job. And we just looked and we're like, can we do this now? Like, is this something that we can right. do now? Um, and so in the summer of 2018, uh, we didn't tell anybody what we were doing because we were terrified that it was going to fail, you know, like right. it felt so scary. But yeah, just based on my photography income, he was able to leave his full-time job and I became the primary income earner for my family of five. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm sure that feels like a whole different level of stress all of a sudden where it's like, oh, what? (laughs) Like, yeah, food on the table is my responsibility now, not just helping, but like it is on me. A hundred percent. But it it also felt like very freeing and felt like what we should be doing. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, it was it was pressure. Um, But I felt like I was given the gift of time because he was home. I had been running that business and homeschooling the kids right. for five years uh, ish at that point. So to have him home and able to help, I actually felt like I was able to dedicate even more time to growing my business because he was there to help. So right. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Which is a perfect subway because we want to talk about growing said businesses and how you did that. And a lot of it is still working today. We're kind of talking about this content marketing thing, which mm-hmm. I feel like people hear content marketing and they're like Oh, you mean like I RSS subscribed to a blog feed circa 19 or not China 19, the internet barely existed, (laughs) circa like 2012. What exactly is this quote content marketing and how can it help? Yeah. Oh man. I love content marketing so much because I never wanted to be the type of person who was booked off of my price. First of all, I didn't want to be like the low price photographer. I didn't want to be somebody who was booked because I was inexpensive. And I wanted to figure out how to sell without feeling like I was being salesy. Like I didn't want to run promotions. I didn't want to do discounts. I didn't want to use like high pressure sales tactics to get people to book me. And so when I learned about content marketing, I realized this is a way that I can get in front of my ideal client and sell to them without directly selling to them. I can give value to their current stage of life. I can be somebody that shows up for them and gives value and then sell in an mm-hmm. easier way. And we can talk in detail about what that means. Can it be blogging? A hundred percent. But it can also be podcasting. If your mm-hmm. people like listening to podcasts, it can also be creating videos on YouTube. It can also be going live on Instagram. Like, I know photographers kind of hate blogging. It's like, oh, blogging. Like, I don't want to blog. Nobody reads my blog. Nobody cares. Like, why would I waste time doing this? 
And so it can be blogging, but it doesn't have to be blogging. So I always encourage people to like choose a way to give value that feels good to you and that you'll actually like keep up with. And if you're Mm -hmm. not somebody who likes writing, you can totally choose one of those other ways. Yeah, I love that. I actually have a couple of people in my community that created like a a local Facebook group for dog parents that, Mm. you know, then they can share different things going around town. They invite rescues, they invite other businesses. It becomes this whole big collaborative piece, which is really like goal is to be visible to our potential clients, right? Mm -hmm. So it's thinking about how can we make that happen? Which, yeah, people tend to get really, really overwhelmed by. (laughs) Yeah, it is about being visible and it's about knowing where your people are already hanging out. Yeah, you want to choose something that is easy for you to keep up with. But if your people aren't on Facebook, don't create a Facebook group. Like if your people aren't hanging out on Instagram or or uh, YouTube or listening to podcasts, don't create a podcast if your people aren't listening to podcasts, right? And so like figuring out that intersection of what do you like to create or what mm-hmm. could you tolerate to create even if you don't love it, um, as well as where are your people already hanging out. And I think that for photographers, when we talk about blogging specifically, they think that they need to be blogging their client sessions. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I need to like blog and what do I say? And it all kind of starts to sound the same. And so they start to blog for SEO versus like people, meaning they're just kind of trying to stuff keywords into a blog post so that Google will rank their posts and they'll get seen on Google which is okay to an extent, but my perspective on content marketing is for the reader first Mm -hmm. and those secondary things like SEO second. So I'm thinking of how can I create a blog post that my ideal client actually wants to read, not because I'm being forced to, because I want to rank on Google. And that doesn't mean you have to blog client sessions. Yeah. And when you'd blog client sessions, I would venture to say that like, it's not that exciting, you know, in terms of even SEO, I feel like if you're doing some content marketing, that's going to be just as good SEO, which we can talk about that here in a second. But if you're just like putting up, Hey, here's Fluffy and her mom. And we went to this location and aren't they cute? Yada, yada, yada. Like no one really cares, you know, Fluffy and her mom cares and they're going to share it with their friends or her family, maybe post it on her social media. But when you start to look at what kind of information, education, entertainment can I give to my potential clients and in what form, uh, I think that's where you start to figure out like, oh, this is what I can talk about. And we'll talk about the repurposing too, because the beauty of it is once you start creating it, then you have it created. And it it's not like a social media post that lives for five minutes and it's gone. Like if you're creating this content on whatever platform you choose, we can start using it really. um, What's the word I'm looking for with purpose, you know, intentionally um, Mm -hmm. to to help grow our business. So Mm -hmm. some of the things that come to mind for me right away for content is definitely objections that people would have that would prevent them from even considering hiring us. So for pet photographers, that is generally my dog is a nightmare. There's no way my dog will behave to get those beautiful pictures that this person creates. And then my dog has to be on leash. So 
we can't do anything outside. So forget this outdoor photographer, um, which man, I feel like we need to scream that from the rooftops because still every time I meet someone and I say I'm a pet photographer, they're like, oh, I wish I could do that with my dog. Like you can just hire a pet photographer. We know how to work with your dog. Right. (laughs) Yes. And think about like how appealing that's going to be to your ideal client to come across a blog post that's like, do you need to what, how would you phrase that in like a blog post? This is not my world. Yeah. yeah. Like, how would you phrase that in a blog post title? Um, oh gosh, let's see. I would do something about like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of really succinct. Um, we can maybe workshop this real quick. I'm thinking something about like, think your dog's too crazy for a pet photography session. Think again, or think Fido can't do this. Think again, you know, or even the craziest dogs or something like maybe even clickbaity of like, come see the great images of this crazy dog. (laughs) Like, is your dog crazier than Fluffy? (laughs) Yeah. Who isn't used to being in a park off leash or like some sort of like, however, that could connect back Mm -hmm. to them to read that and go, oh, that's so me. That's so much more interesting than Fluffy and Jenny at their outdoor, you know, Philadelphia dog session. It's like, yeah. cool, nobody cares, like you said. Right. But if instead you can find a story in that particular client situation, like they were nervous about how their dog would mm-hmm. behave during the session, and you can talk about that. And yeah, you can still share images from that mm-hmm. particular session, but you turn it into a content piece about how your dog doesn't have to be like perfectly trained to still get great images at their session. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you can also like you create this like main piece of content of like, what do I need to say in generally about dog behavior and photo sessions? And then we can start taking these pieces and repurposing them to the different areas. And as we repurpose them, we can call out different identities of pet owners. So like, hey, do you have a reactive dog? Boom, here's for you. Like we can go to these locations that there's not other dogs, there's no distractions. Um, because as someone that used to own a reactive dog, it's a freaking nightmare to take them out of the house because you just never know what's going to happen. And then you go somewhere with other people and there's, you know, the people out there that have their dogs off leash that are running up to my dog while they're yelling, it's okay. He's friendly. I'm like, mine's going to kill yours. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is not. Um, and you are not helping with my training right now because she's lost her mind. But anyway, so you can start to pull that same piece of content, but talk to these specific types of owners with their specific concerns about session. Yes. I love it so much. And, you know, I think that Nicole, you're on a great topic, like thinking about content ideas and like, okay, so, you know, somebody listening to this is like, all right, I'm sold on this. Like, I, I understand the benefit of it, but like, how do I come up with these content ideas? Like, how am I coming up with things to write about? If I'm going to be writing about something, um, you know, once a week or, or once a month, like, what am I saying? Objections is definitely a great place to start. Like, what is keeping people from hiring you? And it could even be like price. You could even create a piece that talks about, um, the benefits of hiring a professional pet photographer who specializes Mm -hmm. in pet photography and why that is beneficial over just a generalist family photographer who's also going to take photos Mm -hmm. of your pets and people start to understand. So it's like objections, but also benefits of hiring you 
specifically. And so once you start to dig in there and think of get in the head of your ideal client and think, what else also are they interested other than photography and pets and like outside of specifically the photography piece? So yes, you're a photographer, but there are things outside of photography that your ideal client wants to think about and learn about and hear about. So uh, for example, if you had, if your ideal client was someone with an older pet, could you create a blog post that has to do with how to holistically care for that aging pet Mm -hmm. or like ways to exercise your aging pet or that has nothing to do with photography, but it's still going to be something that your ideal client is going to see in their feed or see that their friend shared or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's going to speak to them. And then all of a sudden they're on your website, clicking around on your blog, seeing your images and somebody who has these concerns is likely also going to be your ideal client who is likely to hire you. Absolutely. And, um, one of the other great things about this content marketing piece is sometimes you'll come up in Google search when people aren't searching photography, especially if you are going to do like a little series of maybe highlighting some other partner businesses or some businesses that, you know, like that holistic veterinarian or uh, a specialty dog food store or, you know, a, a brewery or winery that is dog friendly, whatever it is, wherever your target client is, you make a partnership with that store, interview them, highlight that store, talk about what a fun experience that is for, you know, you to do on the weekends with your dog. And then (laughs) A, you have a new marketing partner that might be able to promote your business, might be able to share, you know, you can do things in the future. But also when people search for like XYZ, XYZ winery, um, they're only going to have so many things that show up on that front page. And your blog post might be on that front page, probably lower, but it'll still possibly be on that front page. And they'll be like, what? Pet friendly? What? Pet photographer? What? I can get pictures of me and my dog at a winery? Yep. Yeah. So smart. There are so many opportunities there. And one of my favorite things to do too is to make the blog post simple, interview that business Mm -hmm. and just get to learn more about them and share that interview on your blog. Cause guess what? They're also very likely to share that feature that you did of them on their blog. They're going to share that on their social media accounts. And that's just more of your ideal client that you get to be in front of. And one of the things that I used to do for like midwives and doulas who also served my same ideal client is I would take pictures of their facility Mm -hmm. and just give them to them. Yeah, just as a just to continue that relationship, I would take headshots of them. I would take pictures of their facility. I would include that in the blog post, and I would give that to them for them to use in their marketing. Like you guys, listen to me on this. People are not doing this. Like no, this is no like, one is doing this. No one is doing this, and I, I mean, like I did it. I don't know if you did, Nicole. My some people are doing yeah. it, but very few people are doing this. And it's so incredibly powerful for building these connections. It's like a double whammy. You're building these connections and now you've got easy content for your blog. And like Nicole said, you might even show up for these searches. Like it's just a win, win, win. It takes a little effort, Mm -hmm. but really not that much. Yeah, for real. And then once you start like, well, actually, let me go back for a second. So some of the other content things I can think of is we talked about objections. We talked about like, what do people need to know prior? So like how to choose a pet photographer, what to look for, like why you, you know, why an album is such a special thing or highlight different Mm -hmm. products. Just 
how a session goes, why your in-person sales experience is so helpful. Highlight and showcase like artwork that you hung in other people's homes, like mm-hmm. all of these things, which can be on Instagram. It can, again, can be on YouTube. It can be on your blog. It can be anywhere that you want to be. And it just builds so much trust and it increases that oh, that would be really fun to like, oh my gosh, I really need to do this. Because one of the biggest challenges as a pet photographer is we have no timeline. Unless the dog is older or sick, there is zero timeline. There is no birth. There is no due date. It is Mm -hmm. just like, oh, yeah, I should photograph my dog. Huh, my dog's eight months old. I've got like 12 years to get that done. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So by- But you could also create content around like, if you have a puppy, yeah, like why you need to photograph your dog at different ages and stages, like that could be content that you mm-hmm. use to create urgency is like, why do you need to photograph your dog when they're a puppy? Why do you need to photograph them at age three? Why do you need to photograph them at age 10? Like what kind of things can you think about even like different seasons, right? Why would it be good to photograph your dog in the fall versus the winter versus the spring and different locations? Like those are all things that you can create content for that are valuable to your ideal client and help sell your product. Yeah, absolutely. So we start to create all this like bank of things and we put it, you know, whether it's a blog or a podcast or whatnot, then what do we do with it? Like, Mm. because, you know, all right, I put all this effort into why you should photograph the puppy in the different stages, but, but then what? Yes. Okay. So this is the best part is because people are always talking about like, we're on this content hamster wheel, right? You know, as business owners, right? It's like, oh, we need to blog and we need to post on social media and we need to, and we need to do all of these different things. This blog post can easily become your one point to create all of that other content. Because when you have a blog post about, you know, 10 reasons why you should photograph your puppy before age one, for example, Mm -hmm. Each of those points can become its own standalone Instagram post. One of those points could easily become a Facebook Live or an Instagram Mm -hmm. Live. One to three of those points could become also a carousel post that you post on Instagram that's like point one, point two, point three. There are so many possibilities of like how you can repurpose this. Each of those points could become a reel, like a short form piece of content that you're like, reason number one, you need to photograph, have your pet professionally photographed before they turn one and then go to my blog to read the Mm -hmm. other nine reasons or other nine tips. And so you're constantly pointing people back to that blog post, but now you've created for yourself pieces of content for social media that are already done for you just by creating this one blog post. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And just because you shared it once doesn't mean next year you can't share your preparing for winter or getting your winter photos done again, or, you know, the puppy one, because that social media lifespan is so short. So we can mm-hmm. definitely recycle all of that. Absolutely. And, yeah. and like partnering up with those people, like for the, the, um, pet friendly bar that you were talking mm-hmm, about, right. go live with that person, that vendor, like go live with yep. them and talk about the great things about like how they're pet friendly, why they're print pet friendly, why it's safe and the benefits of bringing your dog, like you're on live with them talking about that. That's another piece of mm-hmm. content from that interview that you did with them. And if you're like, and Hey, if you want to learn more about this, head over to my blog, we've got blah, 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 blah there for you. So 
instead of just doing the typical, I wrote a blog post, I'm posting it on Facebook one time with a click to see more in blog, you guys, <laughs> people are not clicking to see no. more in blog. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like that is very 2012 strategy that used to work when there were like seven people on Facebook and it was a chronological feed, right? But now we really have to like tease and entice people to click off of platform and mm -hmm. to go onto our blog. And so if you're sitting there going, link in bio, click blog to read more, people are not doing that. But if you're no. teasing them and giving them, you know, the first three steps, they want to go read the rest of the steps on your blog. Mm -hmm. You're giving them a reason to click over. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the other great ways I can see using this content once you put it together is I am a huge fan of a nurture sequence once people opt in, if you can get them to opt in, which we'll talk about lead magnets in a second. But like if somebody new comes to your email list, what happens? You know, it's like, do they just sit there and never really get an email or maybe get once a quarter email or just a sales email every now and again? Or can you put together like, all right, I have this new person. What does the new person need to know to prepare for, uh, you know, a session? And can you, you can automate all of these things, guys, all of the email marketing platforms, most of them are free up to maybe a thousand subscribers. Uh, you can put together a welcome sequence that when somebody new comes on your list, they can get three, five emails spaced out over a couple of days or even a week each with these things that you've already created. Yes. <laughs> And one little ninja thing that I liked to do, and I think you could probably translate this to pet photography, is in that very first email, I would ask them, are you currently pregnant? Are you planning to get pregnant? Are mm. you done having babies? Because then I could customize that welcome sequence mm. to be specific to their phase of life. So you could easily say, do you have a puppy? Are you not planning on getting more pets this year? Yeah. You know, like Whatever the equivalent would be mm -hmm. for pet photographers, because then the content that you're emailing them is very, very specific to their phase of life. That works really well too, especially if like I do uh, dogs and horses. So it can very much be a, Hey, do you, you know, are you a horse parent? Are you a dog parent? Or, you know, do you have both kind of thing? And then you can segment them, which again, this is a higher level. If you guys are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, Nicole, I can barely just think about wrapping my head around a blog post. You don't have to do all of these things now. <laughs> this is just some higher level options for those of you that maybe have already implemented some things. You know, mm -hmm. we start ratcheting it up a little bit over time. <laughs> yes. And I think that the starting point though, is getting consistent with creating content mm -hmm. and getting into the habit of creating content. And that can be the biggest hurdle for people sometimes is really coming up with the ideas and actually writing it. And the thing about actually writing the content for me, I like to talk. And so I actually created, this is another option for people um, that we haven't talked about yet. If you're like, I don't know if I want to type. I created a podcast with a doula in my city. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about like, things going on in Oklahoma City that families would like to hear about that were kind of birth and baby related for people with younger families. So is there someone in your community? Is there a, I don't know, veterinarian mm -hmm. or another, somebody else who serves your same ideal client that you could partner up with and just host a podcast together and talk about pet things that are going oh on in your community? I don't have time for this in my life, but I 100% would love to do that. Could you imagine just have like, 
the Charlotte Dogs podcast. And it's hosted and created by me, but I just have on like a trainer in the dog food store. You can have on all of your people that you want to partner with and create this amazing little podcast. You can have rescues. You can have like a little highlight rescue of them. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to loan do myself. It. Do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Podcasts are easy. And I, I do know someone, guys, that can help you get your podcast started. Just ask me in the academy. I'll fill you in. It's actually really, really easy. But um, oh my gosh, that is so good and so brilliant. And I absolutely love it. Um, Okay. I want to shift gears though a little bit sure. and talk about ideas for how to get people. So we're doing, you know, all this content, we're sharing it out there. How do we get people actually like onto our email list or as a subscriber or, or like, you know, get that little, not in a mean way, little hook into them to be like, come into my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that there are three different ways that when you're creating this content, you can get people onto your email list. I'm going to start with the very most simple, Mm -hmm. and that is to literally have something on your website, on the blog post that they're reading that says, hey, want to become an insider with Nicole Bagley Photography? Click Mm -hmm. here and I'll add you to my VIP list. You're not giving them a download. You're not giving them a freebie. You don't have to create any kind of funnel. It literally is just them saying, yes, I want to learn more about your business. Yeah. Please don't have it say subscribe to my newsletter. No one wants to subscribe to your newsletter. Instead, you're giving them the VIP. Yes. So that's much more exciting. (laughs) Right. You get to be the first to know about specials or or whatever Mm -hmm. you have going on in your business that is enticing. But that is a very simple way to get people onto your email list. Is it the most effective? probably not the most effective, but it's better than having no opt-in whatsoever on this beautiful content that you're creating, right? And so Mm -hmm. that would be the first way. The second way would be to have like a core lead magnet that addresses the universal problem that most of your ideal clients are going to have. And that's something that you can put in every single blog post. You can embed it in between the paragraphs. You can have it be a pop-up. You can write about it specifically in the blog post, but it's for me, um, it was nine posing tips to help new moms Mm -hmm. look their best in photos. And so I'm thinking about them. I know that my ideal client wants to look good in her photos. And so I'm giving her like my industry secrets, whether you hire me or not, Mm -hmm. here are some posing tips that are going to help you look the best in your photos. Which then also builds that, um, what's the word authority? for you because you're like, Oh, look, I am the expert. I can teach you how to do these. You're building that trust that like, Oh, if I hire Tavia, she's going to make sure I look good. Cause she knows this mm-hmm. other person down the street might not. Exactly. And so yeah. for pet photographers, it's like, okay, if you are a dog photographer, what are five tips that I need to know to take better photos with my dog of my, it, with my phone? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. like how can I get him to behave, sit, be still? What kind of lighting is going to help my photo look better? Simple things like that, that your ideal client, it's not replacing you as the photographer because obviously that comes nowhere near to what you're going to create. Mm-hmm. But like Nicole said, it gives them a sense of like, okay, she really knows what she's talking about here, especially when they implement it and try your tips. Yeah. And, and so I'll go ahead. I, I was just going to wrap it up and say, that's like the core, that would be the the second one, which is just the core lead magnet that you have in all of your blog posts. Yeah, I love that. 
I love that. And um, I have found, because some people, I think they hear that like giving tips for people to take their phone with their phone, isn't that going to make my services obsolete? Quite the contrary. I have found that people that hire me love to photograph their dog. They're hiring me because they love photos of their dog. <laughs> so if we can help them take better photos with their phone, they're going to be like, oh man, this is great. But they're still going to want those even better photos that we can create during a session. Yeah, absolutely. Just building demand. And the next third way to get these people that are listening or that are reading or listening to your content is a content specific lead magnet. Mm -hmm. So let's say you do the 10 reasons that you need to photograph your puppy before age one. Can you give me some kind of download that's going to supplement that specific piece of content. Mm -hmm. Can you give me a checklist? Can you give me photo examples? Can you give me something that's quick and easy to digest that I'm going to find valuable that's going to kind of take that post or that piece of content to the next level? So that works really well for popular pieces of content. Sometimes I'll go back and see what my most um, viewed blog posts were mm -hmm. and things that are still getting traction, like maybe they're ranking on Google or they're on Pinterest and they're getting traction and I'll make a content specific lead magnet for that. Because if people are liking this topic and they're reading it, they're very likely going to download that extra little piece of, of content. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. This has been so good. <laughs> My head is brain hurting. <laughs> my head is spinning with all of the different things. I do want to do a shameless plug here for the Academy, because if you guys are out there thinking like, oh, man, I do want to do that. But still, the idea of coming up with this content or getting started with things and it's just like, oh, I just looking at blank screens. I just I just can't do it. So Tavia here. I've been playing around with it a bit, but she's been diving in even deeper than I have. Has been playing around with using AI to generate this content. Now, Tavia, let me know if your experience is about the same. That I've been playing around with it and it is so fun and freaking awesome because I have the hardest time starting something. Like if it's a blank screen and I'm like, all right, 10 tips. Uh, 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 what, what am I missing? Uh, like where do I even start? The AI aspect of it, you can like put in a couple things and it's going to give you these couple options for starting points that makes it so much easier. So you can like whip out this content marketing ridiculously fast. And we're going to have you in as a special guest in the Academy coming up here very soon to share these special tips. Man, it is so powerful and it's incredible how smart the dang I, AI actually I mean, is. We've seen all the Hollywood movies. We know where this is going, but in the meantime, right. before it gets there, we should all take advantage of it. I mean, we might as well make our lives a little easier before robots take over, right? I mean, yeah, it's incredible how helpful it can be, but it's not like how helpful it can be in creating good quality content. Mm -hmm. Like it's not robotic sounding weird. Like it's quality stuff when mm -hmm. you know how to use it. Because I've come across people who have tried to use AI to create content and they're like, it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't come up with what I want it to come up with. 
there's definitely like a way to use the AI mm-hmm. to make sure that you're getting what you need from it. But whenever you really figure that out, man, it is so powerful and you can seriously crank out content. I would say five to 10 times as fast as trying to do it on your own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's I'm so really great. excited. It, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into that <laughs> with you because I'm a total nerd and it's just... I mean, it's so helpful. It's like it gets you like 70, 80% of the way there. And then, yeah, you're still mm-hmm. going to edit a little bit. You're still going to change it to be like really in your voice. But it's just an incredible tool. And um, yeah, I think I think we should all look at the opportunities to embrace that because it's not going away. And even if it doesn't go away, why would you want to spend like 10 times as much time doing something that you can do so much faster and so much easier so you can spend the time marketing your business, getting more clients and shooting and earning more. So make sure you're a member uh, in the Academy with us because um, when this goes live, we'll have a date and we'll have a little, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when exactly uh, we have this scheduled because we were just chatting about scheduling it yesterday. So we don't have an exact date yet, but it's coming. <laughs> um, but anyway, oh my gosh, Tavia, this has been so good. Is there anything else to wrap up that you want to say just to encourage people that, you know, maybe listen to this and they're like, oh, these are some great ideas. But, you know, it happens to all of us, right? We listen to this. We're like, these are some great ideas. And then we just start going back to our normal, like our normal routine. These ideas go by the wayside. And then three months from now, we're like, man, I really, I need some more clients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the thing that is going to work for your business and market it for you without you having to do so much, without you having to work so hard, because this content will live on, on your blog forever on this piece of the internet that you own. Mm -hmm. So when people are searching for pet photographer in your area, you're more likely to come up. It's going to continue to work for you after you create it. Social media is great. And people love to talk about social media and how to use social media to find clients. But the average Instagram post lasts, what, 24 hours before it's just gone. It's like you, you create all, you put all this time and energy into creating this and it's gone. But with content that you create on a platform that you own, like your website, that continues to work for you later. And so if you invest the time now to create content, even if it's once a month, it doesn't have to be weekly. Like even right. if you just create one piece of content every month, which is only 12, 12 months, for the year, <laughs> which literally you could do in two hours with the AI training that we're going to like, <laughs> you could do it so fast. And then you have this on your website, continuing to work for you. And then when you're like, okay, I know my post is going to disappear in 24 hours, but I need to post on Instagram. You can go to your blog pull out a snippet of something and post Mm -hmm. that on social media and you're done. So not only are you creating this blog content, but you're creating social media content so that you don't have to think about. And so it really is like the centerpiece of all of the digital marketing that you're Mm going to be doing online and start small. You know, if you want to, like we just said, create one blog post a month, start there before you like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create something every, I'm, this right. is totally me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to create something every single week and it's going to be awesome. And then you like burn out after three weeks. It's like, just <laughs> instead go for once a month, uh-huh. see how it goes. And you can always add more from there, but, but keep it simple and easy on yourself and don't overthink it. Don't try to make it perfect. Do the best that you can do and just continue to improve as you move forward. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. 
Tavia, thank you so much for this conversation. I hope this got everybody's wheels spinning and um, can't wait to see what kind of content you guys create. Uh, Tavia, let everybody know where they can find you online and where they should thank you for this incredible content um, and where they can find you on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening until the end. Um, so I have a podcast called From Better Half to Boss Photography Podcast. Um, it talks a lot about like marketing and strategies that I use to go full time and retire my husband from his full time mm-hmm. job. And my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can just find me at Tavia Redburn. Perfect. And yeah, and that podcast is great for any genre. I mean, a lot of these marketing principles work for you know, no matter what you're photographing, whether it's babies or puppies or anything in between. Uh, So definitely go give that a listen. And you guys might be able to find my episode that um, was on there too. I had a great conversation with Tavia about uh, my experience niching down into pet specific photography. So go check it out. Tavia, thanks again for being here. And uh, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hair of the Dog podcast. This was episode number 174. If you want to check out the show notes for access to any of the resources that we mentioned, simply go to www.hairofthedogacademy.com slash 174. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hair of the Dog podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. One last thing, if you are ready to dive into more resources, head over to our website at www.hairofthedogacademy.com. Thanks for being a part of this pet photography community.